Hello, and welcome to End Goals, an LCMS Youth Ministry podcast. I'm host Reverend Mark Kiesling, and I'm with DCE Juliana Schultz. We are here to bring parents, church workers, and lay leaders discussions and resources to help your youth ministry meet its end goal, which is young people who are disciples of Jesus Christ for life. Today, we're going to talk about how to help youth navigate difficult times with humble confidence. Our next study uh, in the 40 End Goals focus studies in the year after the gathering deals with humble confidence. Uh, and you might be saying, Juliana, we've already heard you talk about humble confidence. Uh, Trevor Sutton was on the uh, the podcast and, and put out a great study. Uh, but in this case, uh, we wanted to hone in on some particular aspects of humble confidence. So we have uh, five themes and under those themes, there's some sub points. And in particular, under humble confidence, there are um, some sub points that point us in the direction of dealing with difficult issues. And they're going to talk about how we handle uh, dealing with our fallen world and the struggles there, uh, how we face troubles, boldly trusting in God's mercy and clinging to his promises. And then finally, how the fallen world will bring tough topics, but God's holy word gives us answers and responses to those topics. And even when we struggle, we trust that God's word and promises are enough. And so given those sub points, our author, Brandon Metcalf, was able to kind of uh, talk about how we deal with those things specifically. And certainly because we know that teens in your youth ministry or their friends are going to start asking challenging questions about faith, or they're going to experience challenging situations like uh, you know, illness or mental health challenges, uh, disappointment, maybe over hopes for their future, broken families, or maybe broken relationships, and just so many more that you could name. And, and as people who care for teens, we can help them to navigate these situations with humble confidence. And in doing so, we can help set them up for a lifetime of discipleship where they know they have God's word, the church community, and other tools to navigate anything that could challenge their faith. So to talk to us today about this study is Brandon Metcalf. Uh, he's joined us before, and maybe you've heard him as a speaker at the gathering, but we'll tell you a little bit about him again if you haven't heard. Uh, pastor Brandon Metcalf serves as associate pastor at Zion Lutheran in Bethalto, Illinois. Uh, Brandon has a degree from Concordia University in Nebraska and served as a DCE in Missouri before entering the seminary. Brandon loves any chance to work with God's people to help them hold the promises of God, along with Connected for Life and the Youth Esource. He's a contributing author to Words of Strength and Promise, Devotions for Youth, and he has spoken at district and national youth gatherings. He enjoys frisbee, volleyball, board games, but his greatest joys come from being a husband and a father. Thanks for joining us, Brandon. Thanks for having me. Good to see you guys. You too. Yeah. So we've uh, had you on the podcast before, but there have been a few changes in your life <laughs> since maybe we last talked to yep. you. Uh, so we'll ask you again, What? Uh, tell us more about your vocations, your role in youth ministry, and other things that bring you joy. Uh, so the, the biggest uh, what change is we now have uh, two kiddos at home, a six-year-old and a one-year-old, and all the excitement from that. Uh, I retired from school yet again. <laughs> Uh, we'll see how long this one lasts, but it's it's a good feeling. Uh, it really is. Uh, so I'm a, a pastor now, uh, back back in uh, full-time parish ministry, uh, and uh, just loving being back uh, in uh, in a congregation, getting to, to work day in and day out with with God's people uh, has been a, been a real, real joy. Um, I So I, my primary uh, call here is just a, as pastor and specifically working with family ministry. Um, and so that's kind of my main interaction with uh, with youth is uh, working with our families here. Uh, I, I kind of support our ministry versus uh, running our youth ministry, uh, which is a little bit of a change for me. But I'm, I'm really enjoying 
uh, that that aspect of it. I do teach uh, most of our middle school kids at one way, one point or another, a confirmation. So I'm still pretty active in, especially our, with our middle school students, uh, uh, which which helps kind of keep me uh, up to speed on on where kids are at nowadays. And I, I'm still still learning. It's it's good. Awesome. Well, since it ties to the study, have you ever experienced a time when your faith and your church community have helped you through a difficult time? And certainly I know you probably get instilled that into your daily ministry that you do uh, there at Zion. Yeah. Yeah. That's really part of what, uh, what, what prompted has prompted this, this study and and really the, the framework that the study outlines is kind of from my own, uh, you know, thinking of right, when we, when we face situations that we don't have good answers to, or um, you know, questions that we're not sure if we can ask, is uh, where do we turn? What what do we have? And uh, for me, so a couple of years ago, almost three years ago now, uh, our a daughter Lydia was stillborn. Uh, mm-hmm. It was January of 2020, and obviously the rest of 2020 was quite the quite the year for all of us. And uh, and so in experiencing and receiving the care of the church that I've always, I mean, my entire ministry, almost my entire life, I've been the one, you know, giving that type of care. And so being on the receiving end of it, it really kind of gives you a different perspective, a different, you know, sense of, of why this is important. Um, and you, you kind of pick up some things, what's helpful, what's not. Um, and, and for me, kind of coming out of that is uh, having some theological training, having, you know, grown up in the church is what helped me navigate, you know, some of the, those tough times, those tough questions was being rooted in, um, well, here's what I do know. Uh, and, and that really instilled in me, if I didn't have those anchor points to go back to, you can really easily see how things can kind of spiral. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that one question turns into 20 questions, which turns into just a mountain of, of doubt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so that, that kind of cha- impacted my ministry of uh, how can we connect people with those strong anchor points of what does God choose to give us when, when in the midst of, of grief and loss and trial and questions. Uh, and, and, and if I can connect with those anchor points, that's going to hold me through whatever the storm is uh, mm-hmm. that I'm facing in my life. Yeah. Thanks so much for sharing that. I I think I love how you set up the study uh, because you don't really dive into what the hard thing is going to be because it's going to yeah. be different for everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to answer that a little bit differently. And instead, you really set it up to explore um practically, what are the broad ways that we prepare young people to face struggles in in the world, whatever they're going to look like? Yeah. So what was your overall hope for that study? Yeah. So the, the overall hope, uh, rather than, well, let's talk about this one question, mm-hmm. uh, because knowing we have obviously a varied you know, audience throughout the, the country, different youth groups that are going to be using it, um, and everyone's circumstances and situations are, are different. And what, what happens if, if a topic's too specific, you check out immediately. Mm-hmm. You know, if a sermon is on marriage and people are like, well, I'm not married. All right, this isn't for me. Versus, you know, if it's on, uh, you know, skills and relationships or how to deal with conflict, all of a sudden now I'm, I'm going to tune in. And, and so it kind of zooming out from a specific topic and thinking, uh, what's a framework within which I can address any question that comes up, any, any doubt, any situation. Um, again, focusing on the, 
the anchor points rather than uh, what's the, you know what's the specific um, issue. Here's how you deal with that. Um, more uh, kind of timeless principles, um, and and really it's the timeless gifts of God uh, mm-hmm. that are gonna hold you. So regardless of, of what comes, regardless of what issue, that youth would feel equipped to be able to face it versus, well, we did a study on this topic, but that's not the issue my friend just brought up. So I don't have anything to offer him. Mm. Um, it's really, you know, realizing, yeah, I, I am equipped. I do have these gifts of God. Uh, and so I can help my friend or, or I can uh, use these myself. I can uh, help my, my parents or my sibling um, because I, I have uh, some tools that can be utilized uh, regardless of what the, the trial is. Mm-hmm. You talked about uh, you know those that reflection when you ask those questions in those times of, of struggle. Um, and in the writing, talk about it, again how that God gives us permission to ask those questions um, as a loving heavenly father. Uh, what are some of the ways that youth leaders can encourage and give permission for questions in youth ministry to be asked? Yeah, I, as I was kind of diving in, into the state, that really I, th- I think is is the key entry point into uh, really, I mean, not just the rest of the study, but in, into a lot of what we do as the church. If, mm-hmm. if we don't have permission uh, to ask questions, to wonder uh, inside the church, what's going to happen is, is those questions and doubt are taken care of outside of the church, oftentimes by someone mm-hmm. uh, just on their own. Uh, thinking that, uh, well, I'm not allowed to ask this, so there must be something wrong with me. And then, you know, all of a sudden we haven't seen this person in, you know, eight weeks. I wonder why. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and th- there's other instances where if, if, if we don't give permission uh, for people to ask it, they're going to ask that question somewhere else. And chances are, I'm not going to like the answer that <laughs> right. is going to be given in the world on, on the internet, uh, you know, by, by, uh, other sources of information. Uh, and so I think this is crucial, uh, you know, for any youth ministry is to create this environment where there's permission to say, Hey, I'm struggling with this, or I'm just wondering, you know, what about this passage of scripture doesn't make sense to me Mm -hmm. because if they can't ask those questions in the church, um, where else are they going to go? Uh, and, and so I think in terms of, of a youth ministry, doing this, giving permission. Um, one kind of simple way is to uh, create opportunities, you know, like at the beginning of a study or some of that where kids actually just write down, hey, write down a question. Um, and, and I think giving a targeted time to do it versus, oh, we have our question box available, like mm-hmm. giving people five minutes, here's a, a you know sticky note, fold it in half, put it in this box or whatever. Um because if people don't feel comfortable asking a question anonymously, they're definitely not going to ask it out loud. Right. Uh, right. So starting with an opportunity for anonymous questions, whether that's a, a you know, text in option or oftentimes kind of a written in turn in in this question. Um, the other thing I do sometimes is I myself will ask questions, uh, you know, this, hey, uh, this is a question that I heard. What do you think? Um, it's questions that I know that they want to ask, but they just won't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the more you do that, the more it kind of opens, uh, it opens that situation up. So you start with kind of anonymous questions, then you you start leading with some of those tough questions. And I think the the third is 
not necessarily asking those questions in a large group setting where people might not feel comfortable sharing, but, you know, splitting people up into three or four and, and, and mm-hmm. allowing them to mull on the question there uh, allows for more people to participate, more people to, to think about it, um, you know, of, and then bringing that back to a large group. Um, and, and especially if you have trusted adult leaders that are heading some of those breakout groups, um, that also really helps uh, because as the primary youth leader, uh, you may not uh, always have that that opportunity with everyone. But the more adults you have, chances are there's going to be someone in that room that a kid feels like that that they can trust with with the question. Well, I think that second example you used too is such a great way to introduce that you're willing to grapple on the topic too. Yes. <laughs> if, you're, if you're willing to throw the question out, obviously yeah. you thought about it. Yeah. It's an important topic, um, or it might be for fun too, but I mean, when it is an important topic, yeah. that you're willing to engage in that conversation. Um, and I, I go back to your first one too. I always think of talking about humble confidence. We're talking about instilling that in young people. To me, it's always a humbling thing to think back and say, hey, when I was growing up, mm-hmm. I had questions too. And thanks be to God, so many times I was met by adults who are willing to let me ask the question and yeah. to, to, to not transpose back into my youth and say, oh, I wouldn't have dared ask that question when I was age. Of course I was asking those questions. Yeah. I'm going to be reminded of that and be willing to engage in that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean the, the, one of the struggles of this is most people are convinced I'm the only one asking this yes. question. I'm the only one struggling with this. And so to create a space where you realize it's not just me, yeah. um, that that's where relationships are built. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it, I think it's important that you mentioned that those questions may bring some isolation as well as any kind of crisis they might experience that mm-hmm. might create isolation. And in fact, in one of those lessons, you talk about the importance of having faithful Christian people around you during times of struggle or trial. Um, and we know that having that community can either draw people to the church or push them away, depending on mm-hmm. uh what the response is and, and what they hear during that difficult time. So what are some ways youth leaders can help adult leaders and their peers, uh, teen peers support those who are struggling? Yeah, I, this is a huge question uh, for the church going forward is uh, who does the caring of the church? Uh, I think far, it's so easy for it to be, well, you know, pastor or DCE or, whoever's in an official position, they're the ones that reach out. And I think for youth ministry in particular, it's a great opportunity. Uh, if you know there, you, you've been praying for someone's family is to just throw it out to your group and say, Hey, uh, I, I need two people that, that are going to fo- that, that are going to check in. Who's going to see them this week or who can, you know, do you have their number? Who can send them a message? And, uh, and then you're following up with those two youth or the, or those two adult leaders instead of necessarily directly uh, always reaching out, um, you know, where, where you kind of, that organically builds up that, that caring support system uh, where um, obviously you're taking a lead in checking in on, on needs, but also the follow-up may or may not actually be, you don't have to do all of that. Uh, it's better if, uh, if there's others that are, uh, that are reaching out, that are inviting, that are, that are caring. And, and it, kind of teaching, equipping, uh, your, your youth and your adults to be able to, to do that if they feel, uh, well, I, I don't know enough. I can't, you know, I can't do that. Uh, and again, I think uh, th- this type of a framework helps to, 
you know, see, because most time I've seen this, especially after someone experiences death or a loss, people don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. And so either they say the wrong thing <laughs> uh, or they, they just avoid them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and adults do this actually probably worse than, than kids do. Uh, but you know, to, to, again, give people permission to care for someone else, uh, and, uh, and, and give them tools if they need, uh, need them to right here's some things you can say, here's, um, you know, how to ask. But, um, oftentimes I, I tend to right pick something that you think you can do and throw that out there. So for example, uh, if someone's struggling and say, Hey, can, is there a good time we can bring over a meal? Mm. Uh, because that puts that in that in their court, they will correct you if they don't need a meal. Mm-hmm. They say, no, I actually, I, I, we're good on meals right now. I could really use prayers or versus the generic, Hey, if you need something, let me know. They're not going to let you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we're kind of tangible in, Hey, we have, you know, we're going to offer this or that. And then see what they'll let you know what, what they need, uh, kind of when, when they need it. Yeah. No, and it's great. And, and I think I mean, we certainly saw in our research, the difference in the story when they said, Hey, I had, a, I had an adult, I had a peer who reached yeah. out to me, mm-hmm. who checked in with me versus I had this you know crisis or I had a struggle and, and I heard nothing. Mm-hmm. I heard crickets yeah. or, um, or worse, sometimes even, you know, somebody said, hey, well, if you're, you know, if this is what's going on, don't be around. It's kind of a bummer for the rest of us, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is, uh, you know, but I, I think it's helpful to think ahead of time about how we equip those adult leaders and those peers to be able to be people of support on a regular basis during, when we talk about those things. Yeah, I mean, the the, the kind of field of traumatology or, or the flip side of the coin is is uh, resilience. Mm-hmm. Uh, the number one factor for building resiliency in kids and teens uh, is having re- is, is relational. Mm-hmm. It's having relational support is what helps anchor you and get you through whatever the the, the trauma or the, the stress is. Uh, and so to the church, I mean, we should see that and say, okay, this is our lane. Uh, that, that this is where, this is where we are, uh, is, is when people are going through things that are tough. Um, what they need is they need relationships and Mm -hmm. Hey, that's what we specialize in. Let's lean into that. Let's, Mm -hmm. um, you know, let's, let's kind of step in and, and reach out. That's great. Uh, the last lesson talks about having the right perspective because God has the last word, not us. Um, question we have is why can't having this wide biblical perspective be difficult, particularly for teens? Yeah. I mean, the perspective for teens is always a struggle because I mean, egocentrism is still, has come back for a second time. The world the world revolves around me. If I make a mistake, everyone else saw it, and that's all mm-hmm. they're thinking about when they when when they see me. The fishbowl effect, um, you know, and the amount of of teens that'll say, "My life is over." The world, you know, my world is crumbling around me. Versus adults uh, that, that say that is is a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, I think because it's difficult 
for kids to naturally have that type of an eternal perspective, it's even more important that we need to be teaching and modeling and, and, um, you know, I, I think in the, in the lesson, uh, that there's a, an illustration using a rope, um, as, as kind of a visual reminder for it. And I found that one particular, but any other way you can help kids to see the perspective, mm -hmm. to see that, uh, the problems of my life are not as big as I think that they are. Mm. Uh, because what, what worry and questions and doubt, what they do is, uh, they end up, uh, enlarging themselves and they make our God small. Mm. And what faith does, what, what these anchors, uh, these gifts that God gives us do is that they actually shrink down our problems to what they actually are. And they magnify our God to as big as he is. Mm -hmm. uh, and it doesn't mean the problems magically go away, but uh, we recognize that they're not nearly as big as I originally thought that they were. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's, I think, uh, the perspective that especially young people need. Um, but you have to do so gently because if you just say it's not that big of a deal, <laughs> stop crying about it. We all know that that's that's not healthy. That's not gonna gonna help. And so, uh, to to allow scripture to give that perspective of not this isn't a big deal, mm -hmm. but a better way to look at it is this is not forever. Mm -hmm. It is a big deal, but it's not forever. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the, there's uh, there's an end date to that suffering. There's an end date to that question. There's an end date to uh, the pain. Uh, and, and it's really to, uh, you know, for teens, chances are this could, whatever, the, if something traumatic happens to them, it's probably the first time or one of the first times they've experienced that. And so it's new, uh, and, uh, they're trying to figure it out. Uh, and, and so to be able to kind of lean into that and, to, to, to teach, uh, that, uh, you know, yeah, this is not good, and yet God is going to do something about it, and he has through his son, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I appreciate all the different pieces you put into this study for youth leaders, but, uh, you know, we don't want to have these conversations uh, mm -hmm. in a vacuum, right? Mm -hmm. We know that we want these conversations not just to be happening at church, but happening in at the home as well. So how do you engage parents in these conversations about how God is present during difficult questions or, or circumstances? Yeah. I mean, the, the parents are, I mean, obviously central to, uh, to faith life uh, because it, it's again, primarily in the home where that is grown and, and nurtured. And so, um, you want to have these same five gifts also present, you know, in their homes. And again, it starts with, uh, with, with permission, uh, with having, you know, o open conversations and, and, you know, really just, you know, the, for parents to say, Hey, like, I know that, uh, you know, that there's, there's things that come up. There's, you know, Hey, we heard this on the news. How are you, what do you think about it? How are you, how are you processing that? Uh, here's what I'm struggling with. Uh, you know, and to, to be honest about that and to give your, your kids permission to talk about it and, and really to, to open that relationship where, um, you know, you, you could look this up on, on the, on the internet, but, uh, I'd rather you just you know, ask me about it. Um, be, and, and 
as part of that saying, I, I will be a hundred percent honest with whatever it is that you want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and, and to, to have those kind of dialogues, uh, you know, with, with your kids. And I think also the other part of it is to recognize that depending on your, your family relationship, um, it might not be giving them permission to ask you questions. It might be encouragement to, Hey, you might, if you don't want to talk about this with me, uh, here's, here's three, four, five people, uh, you know, here's talk, talk to your youth leader or, or here's another adult leader, or here's someone on the leadership team, like a, a senior in high school that, or a college student that might, um, but even, even if as a parent, they don't, they're not going to come to you with whatever it is they're struggling with. Make sure they know they can go somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Be able to point to those faithful resources in their life. Um, those other gifts, again, that are, have their best interests at heart. Um, and many times too, you might have those relationships with someone who maybe has been there before at times. Um, and how and you talked about that, that importance of relationship uh, to provide, again, that encouragement. When we talk about resiliency. I mean, how the church can be that place, be the body of Christ together uh, for our young people is a beautiful thing. Um, as we wrap up, do you have any final encouragement uh, that you might give to adult leaders who are looking to use this curriculum? Yeah, I mean, I think particularly with with this study, uh, don't talk too much <laughs> when you're leading it. Uh, the worst thing you can do is have, have a study that's about helping kids ask questions, and all they do is hear the adults talk. <laughs> Uh, you know, and so w- w- again, I, I would really utilize small group conversation, um, you know, utilize note cards, having kids write out their answers, giving pe- them time to process and think through it and, and all, all of that. Um, but also I, uh, I think having this type of a framework where, okay, what does God give us permission and presence promises as people perspectives, um, hopefully my hope is, is that it gives you a framework and really some, some common language to be able to use in counseling with you to use in, in other studies. And uh, I would recommend periodically just having a, a youth group event or something where it's a question and answer night. You have them submit questions ahead of time. So it's not just a one-off type thing, but you're really building uh, that type of a, of a culture. I mean, I've used this, this framework twice in the last uh, four weeks here, once in a adult Bible study on, it was a question and answer. And I opened the study with, here are the five, you know, these five anchor points that God gives us. And we use that framework to answer doctrinal questions. We use that framework to answer practical, uh, you know, world-related cultural questions. Uh, and I also used it, I did a presentation uh, on grief uh, here at the church. And and I used it, these are the God, the gifts that God gives you uh, to, to deal with struggling with grief at the holidays. Um, and and so going back to these, uh, these, uh, gifts that God gives us, uh, cause otherwise it it can seem that, well, I don't have a satisfactory answer. So therefore God left me empty handed. Mm -hmm. And I think what my prayer for the, the study as you dive into it is to know that, uh, let's focus on what does God give us uh, and trust that as our father, He's going to give me what I need. Um, and sometimes what I need is not the answer uh, to my question. Uh, what I need is either to ask a different question or just to trust in what he does give me. Again, as Peter says in, in John 6, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Uh, and, 
Peter's questions aren't answered. He doesn't understand what's going on in John 6, but he holds on to what he does know. Uh, and if if we can help our youth to do that, it's going to equip them for more than just a four-week study. It's going to equip them uh, through whatever storms come their way that they, they, they have a place to hold on to and they have people that they know will hold on to them. Wow, so much. I mean, I feel like we could do so much more here, but I uh, <laughs> certainly want to encourage people to to look at the study and to find ways to to use what you wrote in other contexts as well. Um, I think there's some really powerful stuff in there. But uh, thanks for joining us and, and talking a little bit about um, how we navigate this as youth leaders. Absolutely. Always great to see you guys. Thanks, Brandon. Thankful for Brandon's study and, and his help in uh, diving into that question, I guess, about, um, you know, how do we encourage in our youth ministry or ministry in general to increase the capacity to have questions asked, um, to be at a place where they're welcomed. Um, and certainly there's that challenge too, to make sure we've got uh, our ability to point people in God's word to the answers that are available, but then also just to be able to sit with them in that too, um, to be able to know that God's people are present with them and God is present with them. Um, what a beautiful reminder that is for us in our youth ministry. Yeah, I love that bring into kind of this uh, this area of humble confidence and really anchor. I love that he has these anchors, right? Mm -hmm. That they each of the studies goes through that um, that are really relatable and important for us to be reminded of, regardless of what whether it's an easy question, mm -hmm. <laughs> maybe, mm -hmm. um, but we're just not sure how to ask, or whether we've been through something super traumatic and, and we need mm -hmm. to be reminded of those things, right? Um, so I love that it's a piece that you can use and go back to um, as a reminder, um, regardless of what kind of other circumstances might be happening around for your young people. Yeah, because it's certainly not a question of if, but when the right. trials come, they're faced with temptations, failures happen, um, and that our ministry can be prepared. Parents can be prepared to have those answers or to be able to point them, um, get to God's word and God's faithfulness uh, through it all. Because that's certainly a part of life that young people at some point will need to be prepared for. We'll have to go through that. Um, and thanks be to God if there's a community around with them to be with them through that. Yeah. And really, as you talked about that community, right, it's it's so much about relationships. And we talk about this all mm -hmm, the time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of times those questions that they're asking or, or the situation they're walking through, um, they're not just looking for a simple right. one-off answer. They're looking for uh, the relationship that's going to continue to point them back to Christ, that's going to continue to point them back to um, their baptismal identity. But one that's just going to, like you said, sit with them um, or um, be willing to wrestle with those questions or wrestle with what's going on with them. Um, and so it really becomes more about um, the environment you set and the relationships you set than, um, you know, what the actual mm -hmm. action is at the mm -hmm. end of the day. And, and those things too take time and revisiting, um, ongoing conversation, engagement. Um, again, so thankful for so many of you that take that on, um, see that as a priority in your youth ministry or ministry to get anyone in your congregation where we get to see God's people acting like the body of Christ, reaching out in love, compassion for Again, his baptized and those whom he loves. Yeah. So a few closing questions for you to consider. Uh, first, how can I model and find ways to encourage good questions in my youth ministry? How can I model how to responsibly talk about my current trials and how God is present and showing his love in my life? 
And finally, how can we help parents to feel comfortable with questions from their teens and approaching difficult life issues? We will continue to keep you in our prayers as you serve young people in good times and in the difficult ones as well. And that may God continue to provide for you his promises and good gifts now and always. Gold's podcast is a production of LCMS Youth Ministry and KFUO Radio. To find out more about LCMS Youth Ministry or to find links to resources mentioned, go to kfuo.org slash youth ministry. Thank you for listening and caring for the young people of our church.